<laughs> you want your five-star matches? <laughs> you want your 30-minute classics? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> think it's um, a situation that the IWC on TikTok has made larger than it should have been. Um, but I want to start off with, you know, with the preface of these are my thoughts. These are my opinions. I don't speak for the brand or company that I work for. Um, however, this is what uh, this is what I believe. This is right. And here's where my mistake fell. My mistake fell in talking politics with wrestling Twitter or TikTok with wrestling fans. Here's why that's an issue. You know, in a in a normal society, disagreeing people should be able to have a, a, a intellectual debate and not have someone hate each other because of it. I will preface this by say, saying, I do not believe that everyone who disagrees with me are bad people. In fact, I, I'm pretty sure most of them are good people. However, what, what, what I find funny is, and I'm not even, I'm not afraid to, to say this, right? I'm afraid to talk politics on the podcast because it is a wrestling show. I do my best to not talk politics. However, because my TikTok is sort of an extension of the show and I lead you there, I do have to address this. Yes, I'm very open on TikTok and on Twitter that I am conservative. I lean closer to, now if I'm being completely honest, the two-party political system America has is a scam and, um, and doesn't work, if I'm being completely honest. However, most of my views for most issues, I take everything on a policy-by-policy policy issue. Most of my beliefs you would consider are a little bit more right-winged or conservative. Um, with that being said, I don't hate liberals. I know a lot of conservatives who do. I'm not one of them. Right? I, I don't think all liberals are bad. I think we should work with liberals to, to get common sense laws. The government was you know, formed as a way to, bring, to elect people to represent us in making laws and making sure our life is good. That being said, everything is fucking divided now. And so I, do, I try to not talk politics. When it comes to wrestling in, in this podcast. However, because I did this video. Now, I want to explain. I want to explain um, the context of the situation. The video I was responding to. 
and then what I said in my response. Um, so the original video was made by Johnny Bebo- Bebop, I think is his name, whatever. Um, I just know him as Marissa's girl, or, uh, Marissa's boyfriend, excuse me. I just know him as Marissa's uh, boyfriend. Um, this is no offense to you, Johnny. Marissa's the bigger superstar of the two of you. Um, now, if you know anything about the two people I just mentioned, they are one of the more vocal and popular creators on the wrestling TikTok. Right? To the point to where... I'm. A, anytime you say anything about Marissa or Johnny's videos, you get attacked by their little squad. Anytime you say something, right? If you say something about Marissa's video, Johnny's going to respond. If you say anything about Johnny's video, Marissa's going to respond. And then they got their little gang that come and protects them. It is what it is. It's fine. Um, the problem is, is with them being a bigger creator, like I said, they have people who don't even, like, like, who just simp for Marissa. Like, can I just be honest with you? If y'all don't know who I'm talking about, that's fine. But let me be honest with you. I did not follow Marissa because of her wrestling takes. I followed Marissa because she talks sports. But let's just be honest. How many of the men who follow Marissa on TikTok followed her because of her takes? I'm sure there's some of them. How many of the men did not follow her because she's somewhat good looking? And that's not a bad thing. That's not me saying that's bad. But let's just be honest about it. That's why I followed her. If I'm being honest, it's not a bad thing either. It's something that you, sh- that you could use for your advantage. Absolutely. My point is, is I've been ganged up against all day long. And I'm not playing a victim. I expected this to happen. I taught politics in, a, in an industry, my, my p- bigger point is <laughs> wrestling fans, for the most part, especially on the internet, lean t- closer to the liberal side of, of the political spectrum. It's not a bad thing. Most of them are great people. I don't care about your politics. I can be friends with anybody. I just expect the same respect that I give to you that, for you to give that to me. And the IWC can't do that. The IWC cannot do that. Because instantly, with this video, I was name-called all day long, but we'll get to that in a minute. What did Johnny's video say? Johnny's video basically was talking about CM Punk on the debut episode of Collision. After the show was over, he held up a sign that said, Support LGBTQ um, Youth. Um, and so my response to it had nothing to do with the sign or what the sign said on it. It had everything to do with the reaction to the sign or, or the reaction to CM Punk displaying a political opinion. Because whether you want to agree with it or not, the LGBTQ plus agenda and movement and, and, and community, the, the, it, it's a political thing right now. It's a political statement whether you want to, and in fact, in my everything that has to do with the human existence, at least in America, is a political thing. 
at some place, right? We've even it's even gotten to the point now where the beer you drink is a political statement. If you're just a normal nobody who, who drinks a Bud Light, someone will say something because of the state of, of, of what we're going through. Now, whether you that you think that's fine or not, that's a different topic for a different podcast. But but it is political. We can't say that it's not. And I'm not going to sit here and accept the idea that CM Punk didn't grab that sign out of the out of the fans, didn't take it from the fan to show it with no intention behind it. I don't I'm not going to sit here and believe, because it's not the first time he's done something like this. A year or so ago in Texas, he wore a shirt that said, like, legislate this. And it was a woman's uh, reproductive system on his shirt. Sort of saying, hey, I'm, an- or I'm pro-abortion or pro-choice. And that, that was, that's intentional. You can't tell me that CM Punk, who's, who's the face behind controversy, it seems, did this without any intention of, of garnering some sort of response. You're not going to convince me of that any other way. B- but my video, my response wasn't about what the sign said. It was about the fact that had it been a conservative performer in the middle of the ring holding a sign that promoted anything conservative in belief... The, it would, the response by the fans would not be the same way as the response that it was for CM Punk. And what I was calling out was the hypocrisy in the IWC, not what was written on the sign that CM Punk held. I don't actually care that CM Punk held the sign. That's not a big deal to me. It's the fact that... The, that he held up a politically based and politically motivated sign. That's the problem to me. And we'll get to to that issue in a minute. Right? So so I, I don't I don't care about the sign. I wasn't saying that the sign was wrong. I was just simply stating that the IWC's praise of CM Punk making a political statement, which it was, was praised. It was praised, right? The, the, their reaction was praised while these same people actively, like the same people, hate on Kane, who, if you don't know, is the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, who is conservative and very, very open about it. Very, very, I'm pretty sure he just made a visit to to see Donald Trump and posted it on Twitter and, and Instagram, right? Like, Kane is big-time conservative in, in his politics. Uh, former NXT referee Drake Works, Wirtz, excuse me, also known in the, uh, in the um, wrestling world, I think he went under the name Drake Younger. Um, he was more of a hardcore wrestler, not my style. And then, of course, uh, Jackson Riker, who also goes by Gunner on the indie scene. Right, all three of those are actively hated on, or have been actively hated on, and any other conservative wrestler, I'm sure, has been actively hated on for their political opinions. And 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 Kane, like these people are hating on Kane. 
to the point where they're like, don't ever come back to the industry because Glenn Jacobs, Mayor Glenn Jacobs, who plays Kane, is conservative. The, the, the active hate against them and that hypocrisy that the left, the, the, the liberal wrestling fans and the liberal wrestlers can, can make political statements, but the conservatives better keep their mouth shut. That is what I'm calling out. So what the people commenting on my video are doing is proving my point. I'm not allowed to speak because I'm conservative. That's what I'm calling out. I could give two fucks what was written on the sign. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't care what was written on the sign. It could have literally been anything. But the, but the fact that the IWC chooses to accept one point of view and refuses to listen to the other side and silences that side, that's fucking insane. They are hypocrites. Either wrestling is really for everyone. That's their slogan. I've heard that so many times today. Wrestling is a community for everyone. Is it really? Either wrestling is really for everyone, including people who differ from you, or you are lying and you're a hypocrite. The word hypocrite, I don't know if you guys know where this came from, um, but in ancient Greece and Rome, um, when people went to the Colosseum to see like plays, a lot of times these plays um, were... Performed, the same performer played every single role. It was a one-person show. And and the act of putting on different masks to, to, to display which character you were, I don't remember the exact Greek word, but it was like hypocrat or something like that. Um, but it, it became the word hypocrite. It's, it's believing one thing, but acting another way to please the people around you. So either you actually believe what you say when you say wrestling is for everyone, or you're a liar and a hypocrite. You're putting on a different mask because conservatives think different than you and you don't, you're not tolerant of their opinion. You don't have to accept my opinion. You can think I'm wrong. I don't give a fuck. But to sit here and say I don't have a voice... That is where I draw the line. You're hypocritical. To sit here and say that Drake Wirtz or, or, or Kane or Jackson Riker or anyone else in the industry who leans conservative cannot speak on certain issues because they're, they disagree with you is mentally fucking insane. It makes no fucking sense. My video was not about what the sign said. It was the fact that one part of the fandom can voice their opinion while the other side cannot speak without getting blasted. They cannot speak if they disagree with you. Now, the second part of my video was how this ultimately has to fall on Tony Khan. Tony is the owner, well not really the owner, he's the CEO of AEW. He can make fucking rules. Tony as the boss should have rules. This is the point that I was making. Tony Khan as the boss should have rules against grabbing signs from the fans. First off, 
I don't understand why you think that that's okay. Unless you're signing the sign and giving it back. But no performer should ever grab a sign from a fan to rip it. I get that makes you a good heel. I get it. But, but, that, but I, at, at what point does it go from being a heel to being a potential thing that, that, you know, if I spent hours designing a sign for you to take it from me to rip it up, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Like, I'm not, I'm not even fucking kidding. Some people bring the signs to display just the sign and who I'm cheering for, and then I want to take it home. So, under no circumstances do I believe it is, unless you're signing the sign and giving it back to the person who you took it from, which, which I would assume would be consensual, that, I can you sign this? Sure, I'll sign it. And then you sign it and give it back. But under no other circumstances should be should you be taking signs from fans. Nor should you be doing wear, wearing anything that doesn't promote AEW. If I ran a wrestling promotion, I would literally have a dress code. I don't care what your trunks say, you know, if, or what design your trunks have. But here's the here's the thing. Here's, I don't care about your tattoos and all of that. Do what you want. That, that's on me and the camera to, you know, if you have, a, now, if you have, a, if you have like a bigoted tattoo, like if there was someone who had like a Nazi, like swastika, and it was clearly, a, the problem with the swastika is that if, if they're Indian or like from uh, one of those countries, it literally means peace. An example I can use for that is I used to work for, uh, Amazon and I delivered it to a majority Indian apartment complex and all of them had swastikas it was as part of like a holiday or something and all of them had swastikas decorated over their door and I just got the I asked one of them and I said why do you guys have all these swastikas here and they're like oh it's the sign of peace I said oh thank you for telling me that right now I right right and but but here's what I didn't do I didn't accuse them all being fucking Nazis I didn't know what was going on, so I asked them what was going on. Right now, if it was clear that you had a Nazi, a Nazi swastika on your arm, first off, cover that bitch up, and you're probably not going to work for me. But if I ran a wrestling promotion, the only thing you would be allowed to wear to the ring in terms of like a t-shirt, anything that isn't your ring gear would be anything that promoted the brand. Tony Khan, how many t-shirts do you make on a weekly basis brand new for these superstars? They should be wearing their t-shirts because their job is to market and and sell t-shirts. That's part of their job. CM Punk shouldn't ever be allowed to walk through the curtain with with a shirt that is not AEW shirt. And it's not just punk, it's anybody. But they shouldn't be allowed to not promote AEW. That's the whole point of, tr- of having the shirts on TV is to sell them. Hey, CM Punk's wearing that shirt, I'm going to go get it. Oh, hey, Roman Reigns is wearing this shirt, guess what? I'm going to the WWE shop and I'm getting the new Roman Reigns shirt. Right? LA Knight just had two new shirts drop on... On the website. I guarantee you he's wearing them on SmackDown. And at Money in the Bank. And and, 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 and future episodes of SmackDown. 
If it's not company branded, you shouldn't wear it to the ring. And that's Tony Khan's job to make sure that that, that's a fucking rule. He literally can say, hey, guess what? Conservative or liberal, we don't care. They're an all-inclusive company, as they should be. It is literally illegal to hire based on political status. I don't want them to be like, oh, you can't hire liberals. I don't want that. I just want equal rule, right, right. I want equal response for both sides of the spectrum. If conservatives are allowed to speak, so should, or excuse me, if liberals are allowed to speak, so should conservatives. And and the rules should be applied equally to both sides of the party. The problem is, is the guys that I mentioned, Kane, Drake Wirtz, Jackson Riker. How many of you saw any them wearing anything political to the ring? They didn't. You know why? I know I don't know them personally, but I would assume it's because their mindset is I'm an entertainer playing a character. I'm not going to be bring my personal beliefs to the workplace. And ultimately, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, that's all I want. That that would be my rule. No politics in the workplace. I don't care about what was written on the sign. If you're part of the LGBT community, guess what? I'm happy for you. Live your life. I don't care. Here's the only thing I ask for you. Don't force that shit on me. That's all I'm asking for from you. Don't force it on me. Don't force me to participate in your lifestyle. That's your lifestyle. I don't give a fuck what you do in your bedroom. But it should stay in the fucking bedroom. You know what else I'd be fucking pissed at? If two straight motherfuckers were making out and fucking on the street. I'd be upset at that. It's not that hard to keep your your private life in private. It's not that fucking hard. How you live does not bother me. Nor does it concern me what the fuck you do in the ba- in the bedroom. However, we need to remain fucking consistent. If the liberal point of views are allowed, we must allow conservative point of views. That's all I was trying to get across. That's all I was trying to get across. But as expected, the liberal base in the IWC, which is about 90% of the IWC, the liberal base in the IWC gang attacked me and called me names while I was trying to keep it professional. Showing again... That the group of people who preach tolerance does not really want tolerance. Wrestling is for everybody to them. Unless you disagree with them on non-wrestling issues, then you are critiqued and not allowed to speak. The main point was that if we kept wrestling about entertainment and not about personal issues going on in the world, we would all be able to enjoy wrestling. I watch TV to be entertained, not to or excuse me, to be entertained and to escape from the issues going on in the world, not to view what I would consider to be propaganda or political speech in, in the shows that I watch. Now, this is my biggest issue outside of wrestling as well with how Hollywood does their shows. It's all about political ideology and not about this fucking entertaining me. Guess what? This is all I'm saying. Just entertain me. Distract me from the rest of the world going on outside. So for the hour, two hours, three hours that I'm watching your show, I can forget about the rest of the fucking world. Because uh, 
I don't want to sit here and think about it all the time. But when I'm at a show, and the biggest problem is, is when let's say someone was at that show, and someone saw Punk hold up the sign that said "Support LGBTQ were, uh, Youth." Not a bad sign. Again, it's not about the sign, right? But if there was someone there who who disagreed with what was on the sign, and they saw Punk hold up the sign, that is Punk promoting an idea. Again, it's an idea that probably should be promoted. Absolutely, I agree with it. However, there was someone who disagreed with it, and they complained saying, I want a refund. Or this isn't acceptable. I'm never watching again. Now you just cost your company money. The point that I was trying to get across is that these political statements do not need to be made on the clock. That's all that I was trying to say. With that, I'm sorry for taking so much time on this issue. Let's get to our actual fucking show. Let's get to the actual part that I had pre-planned to talk about for this show. And with that, the first thing that I want to talk about is the clip of Paul Heyman that I did find on the internet. And, and I want to play the full clip, um, the audio of the clip. And then, then I want to sit here and discuss um, um, discuss what, what Paul Heyman said and, and, and what I think about it. Uh, the, the advice that I give to the creative team is the same is, is the same advice I would give to anybody. Uh, build your main eventers. Pick you know p- pick your established main eventers, and then have your second tier that you're moving up into the mix. Once you move that second, and, and here's the example: main eventer A, main eventer B. Here you go. Here's semi-main eventer A and semi-main eventer B. You move them up against your two main eventers, you now have four main eventers. That means your special attractions get moved up to the semi-main event spot. I have four main eventers. I have those four main eventers work and integrate with the two semi-main eventers, thereby creating now six main eventers. Those six main eventers can work with the entire roster. Why? Because when they do, those people become main eventers as well. Next thing you know, I got a whole roster full of main eventers and every segment means something on the show. And that, it sounds so simple, and here's why. The reason why professional wrestling slash sports entertainment has at times pissed everybody in this room off where you write and you go, ah, it's too complicated, it's too stupid, why don't they just give me the product that I want? Because people make it too complicated. It's not a complicated business. Who are these two people? Why are they fighting? Why should I care enough to pay to see it? If you answer those questions, you don't need nine layers of a storyline. You need a simple one. Dick Murdoch. I don't know how many people here have ever heard of Dick Murdoch. Dick Murdoch was, was Dusty Rhodes' original tag team partner. And he was a very famous wrestler from, from, from Waxahoxie, Texas, or some town in Texas that I can't pronounce. And Dick Murdoch used to have a very simple philosophy about what he would call pro wrestling and he would say i come out on tv i say you're a great athlete you say my mom's a whore then we fight (laughs) and it's just that simple and it doesn't need to be any more complicated than that here's a great talent 
Nobody has beaten him. He beats everybody with the arm bar or the leg lock or the headlock, whatever you want him to beat people with. Here's a great talent. He's undefeated too. He escapes every hold that has ever been put on him, be it the headlock, the leg lock, the arm bar, whatever. He's undefeated. Why? Because every time you put a submission hold on him, he reverse escapes, reverses, puts it on you, and makes you tap out. Undefeated, taps everybody out. Undefeated, escapes every hold. Let's put them in the ring together and tell everybody one of them is going to lose. Guess what? Everybody goes, damn, who do you think is going to I don't know, the guy with the holds. No, he can't put the holds on that guy. That guy escapes every hold. Yeah, but he's never had a hold put on him by that guy, and that guy's undefeated. No, that guy's undefeated. What a match. What a match. Let's put them together and have a match. Take that one home with you. Who are these two guys or gals? Why are they fighting? Why should I care enough to pay to see it? Buy a subscription, look at a video, watch the TV. Whatever it is, those are the three items. You answer those three questions, you have a ticket sale or a pay-per-view sale or a subscription sale. And if you don't, people are going to bitch about your product. All right. So, yeah, I don't really think I have to spend that much time on this. But Paul Heyman makes... Fucking perfect sense to me. Right? Paul's correct. Wrestling should be fucking simple. But too many people in positions of booking and in the fans and all of this shit, they make it too complicated. They want nine layers in this story and none of it makes fucking sense. Wrestling works the best when you have two people who have simple motivations and each motivation is known to the fans. As Paul Heyman put it, why should I care that these two are fighting? You have person A, you have person B. What's person A's motivation? What's person B's motivation? Person A may just want to prove to the world he's the best wrestler. Person B, he's undefeated. Now you have two people who are trying to prove certain things. Now, this doesn't have to be face versus uh, heel every single time. This could literally be face versus face with motivations. You know, it could be, I want to prove to the world I'm the best. And then you have another face who wants to prove that, you know, I should be champion and I'm willing to go through whoever it is to be champion or whatever the situation is. But when you're telling the story, part of what we know in storytelling as the exposition is declaring why these two people are fighting, what they're doing together, and what their motivations are, so that when we're watching the story as it progresses, we understand why they're fighting. Right? And so so it's not just two random people fighting and we don't know, know why. We have an understanding of the motivations of each person involved in the story. It's that fucking simple. You don't have to write anything super complicated. I just need to know the motivations and I need the story to progress in a way that makes sense. That's all that I ask for from storytelling. Right? If I don't have a reason why I should watch the match, then I'm not going to watch the match. Person A, person B, why should I care what that they're fighting? If you could tell basic stories just like that, 
you sell tickets. It's not supposed to be super complicated. I do want to know your guys' take on that and, 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 and let me know. All right, so we're going to move on to the slapping meat bracket. So um, every week I'll announce you the winner of the previous two week of uh, the previous two matchups from the week before. And then I'll, so I'll announce who the discord voted for. And then I'll announce who I voted for personally. And I'll break down my, uh, my sort of, I, I'm going off simply a points scale. Um, and so the four categories I judge off of are looks, entering ability, promo ability, and then overall just marketability. If I put you on a poster, are you going to sell? So last, the, the, what we've been voting on was Charlotte versus Dana Brooke and Rhea Ripley versus Cameron. As obvious, the Discord voted for Charlotte and for Rhea. They're moving on in the bracket. Those are also the same two that I voted for. This is going to be real simple. Um, So we'll break down Charlotte versus Dana Brooke first. Um, So for the looks category, I think they're about equal. I gave them both a 7 out of 10. Um, I think they're about equal in the looks category. Um, In the in-ring ability category, this this is where the separation starts to come. I don't think there's a 10 in any one of these categories of any of the women. But Charlotte's pretty damn close. She got a nine for entering. I think she's the best entering competitor in women's wrestling history. Dana, I gave a four. And that might be a little gracious, but I gave her a four. Uh, Promo ability, I gave Charlotte a seven. I don't think she's the best um, at promos. Some of her promos are a little cringe, especially the face promos. Um, Dana Brooke is a three. And, and promo ability. And then in overall marketability, I did lie. I do. I did give Charlotte a 10 in overall marketability. She's probably going to be the only one that I give a 10 here. But you put Charlotte Flair's name or picture on any poster in the wrestling world, it's going to sell a ticket. She's the most marketable woman in the wrestling business. She has a name factor. She has the look about her, and she just has, you know, a, a resume that speaks for itself in the business. She sells tickets, whether people want to agree with it or not. And for Dana, she's almost as complete opposite of Charlotte Flair as you can possibly be in the marketability category. She's, I gave her a one. She's almost completely, like if you put Dana Brooke on a poster... For any major, if it, now if like if Dana Brooke got fired and got sold or, or went to the Indies, if she was running the Indies, I'm sure it would sell a little bit to put her on a poster. But it's not like so. I'll give an example, right? It, it, my, one of my local North Carolina pr- uh, promotions for their event in I, th- I want to say it's July, July 30th, I believe. Um, they're bringing in Nick Aldis, Jimmy Jimmy Hart, and um, Mickey James. This sells tickets. Mickey James is a little bit more marketable than 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 most people. Now, if you put Dana Brooke on there, that that's not going to move tickets. Even if she was a WWE legend, she's not going to move tickets in the way someone like a Mickey James would even, right? So, definitely a one 
for Dana Brooke there, which gave Charlotte an overall of 33 and Dana Brooke an overall of 15. Now, I will like to say that these are going these are subjective rankings and each round the ranking for an opponent might change. Um, to be completely honest. So Charlotte might have 33 points this round, might have 35 next round, may have 30 next round. It, it, it's, it's a subjective rating based on as I'm rating them. Break down the other matchup. You got Rhea Ripley versus Cameron in the looks category. I actually gave them both a nine. I think Cameron is super attractive. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, Rhea, she, she's... She's cute. Now, I can say that because she's my age. Um, but there, there's a few people in this category or in this bracket that I feel a little weird judging. You know, like Thea Hale for one of them. I just, I don't know about judging her. She's 19. I feel a little creepy looking at her. Sexu- it's not even sexual. It's more of I'm judging her looks, and I feel weird doing that because she's literally just... I don't know. It's just the way that I am. When I even with like celebrities, like TikTok celebrities now, like everyone's like, "Oh, Livy Dunn's so hot," and I'm like, "Yeah, she is," but I feel weird saying it because I'm like seven years older than her. Um. So, um. Yeah. And so, Rio's my age, so I think it's it's fine. Cameron a nine as well. Entering ability, Rhea, a nine. Probably the closest to Charlotte Flair in the industry. Um, Cameron, I gave a four as well. I don't actually remember her wrestling ability. I don't think it's awful, but it's not like the best. Um, promo ability, I gave Rhea a seven. It could have probably been a little bit more gracious. I think she does a really good promo. I gave her a seven for this round. I gave Cameron a three. Uh, her promos were pretty bad, I'll be honest. Um, and then marketability, I gave Rhea an eight. Um... And I gave Cameron a two. I don't. I think Rhea is as close to marketable as Charlotte is. I think the only thing with Rhea is that goth aesthetic. To some people, will throw her off. So I don't think she sells as many tickets as Charlotte does because of the goth aesthetic. It sells to a certain niche in the world, but it doesn't sell to all. Whereas Charlotte Flair would literally sell to every single person in America, if not the world. Um, so that's how that bracket goes. The next group of matchups, voting has already started as I'm speaking, um, is Becky Lynch versus Brie Bella. That one's tough for me. That one's tough for me. I may ha- I'm may i going to change my vote several times over the next week on this bracket. I'll be honest with you. And then it will actually be Thea Hale versus Bianca Belair. Another two matchups that probably should be very easy to figure out who's going to win, um, and we'll 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 move from from there. Um, so Rhea Ripley and Charlotte have moved on uh, as the one and the two seed. Uh, Bianca is the three seed. Becky is the four seed. So can we get the top four uh, members moving forward? Uh, that might be what happens. We'll have to see next week. All right, now we've gotten to the point everybody really was waiting for, and that is my money in the bank predictions. All right, so I'm going based off of an order that I think they're going to go. And I always like to do this. 
I always like to try to predict the order of the matches as the same time that I predict the result of the matches. Um, so I think we start with the women's money in the bank. One of the money in the banks are going first. That way you can get it out of the way. Um, and I, I think they're going to start with the women's money in the bank. Um, so when I judge money in the bank matches, I always judge them. Uh, I look at the opponents, the people, the competitors in the match, and, and, and the initial thought that always crosses my mind are, what are the stories that are going to come out of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view? And then you look at the, the, the people in the, the match. You can more than likely predict two or three storylines that are going to come out of it. And that leaves a single winner, right? So for the Women's Money in the Bank, there's six people. You have Bailey, EO Sky, Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch... Zelina Vega, and I'm um I just want to double check this. But last time I checked, I for some reason I remember Zoe Stark being in it, but I just want to double check um before I give false information. I do believe uh, this is the only match I don't know who's in it. A hundred percent. Zelina Vega, Becky Lynch, Zoe Stark, Bailey, EO Sky, and Trish Stratus. So yeah, I was correct. All right, so what stories come out of this match? Well, the first one is pretty fucking easy. Trish, Zoe, and Becky are all in a feud right now. This isn't just going to end because, right? Neither one of them are going to win Money in the Bank. No, no, no. Becky's not going to win it. Zoe's not going to win it. Trish is not going to win it. They're they're tied up. Becky's going to probably get Lita back after this, and they're going to have a, the the tag team match at rest. Uh, excuse me, at SummerSlam. It'd be Becky versus Lita, or Becky and Lita versus Zoe and Trish. Um, all right, so that leaves Selena Vega, Bailey, and EO Sky. Now, a lot of people see EO Sky winning this, turning on Bailey. I actually think a turn will happen. Absolutely, Bailey and EO Sky are not making it out of this match as a tag team. They're breaking up the rest of Damage Control. Um. But none of them are going to win the match. This literally will become the feud. It would be Bailey versus EO Sky at SummerSlam. That's the feud I believe we're going into. This leaves one person. This leaves one person. And I think it makes the most sense for this person to win, and that's Selena Vega. She's the only one not involved in a storyline right now. And if she wins... She goes after Asuka. She doesn't have to go back after Rhea. She can go after Asuka. She can go after Charlotte, which I don't... Uh, Charlotte's on SmackDown. Now, I, I've, I haven't looked at the spoilers. It is pre-taped. I purposely don't look at the spoilers for the result. I want to watch SmackDown Live. I'm assuming Asuka's going to retain the title. And you could easily have Selena Vega go after... And, and and go after Asuka. Now, the, the women's match at SummerSlam for Asuka's title, I believe, will be Asuka versus Charlotte versus Bianca Belair. I think that's going to be the big SummerSlam match. But following that, depending on who wins, which I will assume Asuka will win that, having Selena Vega go after Asuka 
makes a lot more sense than having Becky go after Rhea or anyone go after Rhea for that point. But the three Raw superstars in this match, Trish, Becky, Zoe, they're tied up. Bailey and EO just make too much sense. They're going to be a, a, a match. And then Selena's by herself. That makes too much fucking sense to me, which probably means I'm wrong. But that's how I'm going to go off it. I always go off of what makes the most logical sense to me to win this match, unless there's another reason to say otherwise. All right, so Selena Vega wins the women's money in the bank. The next match, I think, will be the women's tag team match. Honestly, I just think they're going to get the women on the screen and get them. And I'm not saying this in a in a offensive way. I think they're really just going to get them the fuck out of the way because the the rest of the card. Let's just be honest. The the women's side of this card has been booked like shit, and we'll talk about a problem that I have with this card here in a minute. But Shayna and Ronda versus Liv and Raquel. Shayna and Ronda are retaining. There's no other fucking way for this thing to end. Shayna and Ronda are retaining, and 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 they're they're going on a run with these titles. Who they fight at SummerSlam, I have no idea. But the, the, but this is where I believe they, they they start this long dominating run. Potentially, will get a turn uh, from either Liv or Raquel. Um, that's been rumored. I can see it. Maybe someone like Raquel turning on Liv. Next match, I believe, will be Cody versus Dominic. Um, the only way this match should end is with Cody winning the match. With, with Cody winning the match. Now, the big rumor that I've been seeing is that Brock Lesnar gets involved. And that's going to be his SummerSlam match. It's Cody versus Brock 3. I could see it. I want to see it happen after the match, though. Cody needs to begin the ascent towards the top of the mountain again. The way they're telling this story is he loses to Roman. He gets knocked all the way down. He loses and loses and gets beat down and beat down. He needs to win. He needs to start the ascent back up to the top of the mountain so that by Royal Rumble next year, he could be in a position to where maybe he could fight Seth Rollins or whoever is heavyweight champion. Um, so I'm going Cody here. Next, I think we get Gunther, or sorry, Gunther, Gunther. And, and Matt Riddle, I think this is going to be a fucking slobber knocker of a match. Riddle's highly underrated. I, I'm not a big fan of him, but he's a pretty decent wrestler. And Gunther, I fucking love. Uh, he's one of my favorites on the roster. Um, and I, Gunther's going to win, though. Gunther's winning. Um, what I think happened, well, I think we get a special surprise. I'll save that here in a minute. But Gunther's winning this match, definitely retaining. Then we get, I think, next, the men's money in the bank match. So you got Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, LA Knight, Santos Escobar, Butch, Damian Priest, and Logan Paul. Again, what are the stories that are going to come from this match? Well, the rumor is LA Knight versus Logan Paul. I like that match. I'll explain to you why I like this match in a minute after I tell you my winner. Logan Paul versus LA Knight. 
you have Shinsuke and Ricochet and, and Bronson Reed sort of in a thing. So Ricochet and Shinsuke are going to be involved with each other. LWO will be in some feud. And when I wrote this, I, I said possibly Ray and Carlito because Carlito's rumored to be back full time. But then I looked at it and I said, well, that's fucking obvious. Butch is on SmackDown. It's going to be LWO versus the Brawling Brutes. That makes too much fucking sense. I was thinking too hard about it. So you got Ricochet and Shinsuke, LA Knight and Logan Paul, Santos Escobar and Butch. That leaves one fucking person to win. That's Damian Priest. I'm, again, this is how I think about how how I would book these matches. But the, but you you do Damian Priest, but there's a better storyline that comes out of it, which happens in the next match that I think happens will be Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor is winning this match. I think Finn Balor will be the world heavyweight champion. I, I really do. I think I think Finn will get over on Seth. I, I, I think that happens. Um, because I think the story they're going to go with is this sort of tension in the the um, the judgment day. I think I think as we're seeing the bloodline sort of dissipate and disappear, the Judgment Day are going to become the top heel faction in WWE. Now, I don't think they turn on each other. What I think happens is a is a a cash in, whether it's on Theory, which doesn't make sense because they're on separate brands, or if it's on Gunther, or or the IC title, right? And I think we could have Finn Balor for two or three weeks, though, sort of wondering if Damian Priest is going to cash in on him as champion. But in the long term, he cashes in on Gunther, and you you have Rhea Ripley as women's champion, Finn Balor as world heavyweight champion, and, and IC champion being Damian Priest. That could happen. Or maybe they say, hey, how about we... Can I cash in on the tag team champion with, with Dominic? Or, or, or create something interesting like that. Or, that's a storyline you could do. Or, you could literally have him turn on Finn Balor. That, that, that's the way I'm thinking. I really think Finn Balor has a stronger chance than most people are giving him credit for to win this match. I think Seth is about to go off and film a movie anyway. Um, or has already filmed the movie, and I think Seth may want some time off eventually as he sort of, I don't know. I just, I feel that Seth is going to disappear. He's got this run. I don't, right? Finn's going to win. Finn can do the same thing. I really want Finn to be champion. He never got that run he deserved when he won the universal title. And so I, I really wish Finn Balor will win. I think he will win. All because of the storyline with how they push Damian Priest as Money in the Bank winner. Now, if Damian doesn't win Money in the Bank, it doesn't fucking matter who wins that match, to be honest. But I think it's pretty obvious that Damian Priest is going to win Money in the Bank. 
All right, so then the next match I think happens, of course, will be Seth and Finn. As I discussed, Finn Balor. And then we'll get the main event, which is the Bloodline Civil War. I think the Usos win this one. And they're gonna—they're either going to win off of some sort of uh, distraction or they pin Solo Sokoa. And I kind of think they're going to go down the road of pinning Solo and Roman's going to sort of start pushing on, on Solo saying, you got to do better. We're the bloodline. You're supposed to win. And that's going to be the turn of, of Solo on Roman down the line. And then Roman loses the title because he pushed everyone away from him. That's what I think happens down the line. Um, now, some problems I have with the card. Well, half the titles aren't being fucking defended on them. Now, I understand why you're not having Roman defend. He doesn't have to defend. This is a much better match than him fighting someone random. But the only titles being defended are the IC title, the Women's Tag Team Championship, and the World Heavyweight Championship. Those are the three three champions. You have three titles being defended. And they're like, oh, but on SmackDown, the tag titles are being defended and and the... Whatever the ta- the champion on the SmackDown side, I just call it the SmackDown Women's Champion, but it's got a new name. Is it what the world, the world women's champion or something like that? The women's champion, and then Rhea's is what the women's world champion or something. I don't know how the fucking they named it, um, but um, Oscar's defending on SmackDown. And, and KO and Sammy are defending on SmackDown. Theory hasn't been on a fucking card since WrestleMania on a PLE. And Rhea isn't defending. And she's probably your number one champion right now. And so to me, it's fucking insane. You have three of your... Uh, what? You have, what, seven titles? You have three of your seven titles being defended on the PLE... When this should be a card where Rhea defends, where the tag team, like, why couldn't you at least put Charlotte and Asuka on the card? I mean, I, I'm i fine with a nine-match card. Not every match, right? I'm fine with nine matches and still being in four hours. I just, but the thing that bothers me the most is Theory. Has, what has Theory done in the last four months? Right? Um, so then there's rumors of debuts. Um, who do I think we could get? I think Drew McIntyre for certain's coming. Without a shadow of a fucking doubt, Drew McIntyre's there. I'm 100% certain of it. Drew McIntyre will be at Money in the Bank. I also think Randy Orton's coming back. And I think we get one or two of the, the remaining Fatu brothers in this sort of civil war um, thing. I think they're ultimately going to build for Survivor Series to have a four-on-four match for Survivor Series. Um, that's, I think, the ultimate build. Um, I don't know, though. I just, I know a lot of people are assuming this thing's going to Mania. I just, I can see it ending in August, though. I literally could see this ending at SummerSlam. I, 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 and, I'm, and I kind of hope it does end at SummerSlam so that you can get Roman versus Rock in Philly and it doesn't have to have a title involved that could literally just be a match, which is the way it should be. Um, so we'll see. 
Uh, overall, I, I'm a little bit disappointed with the card, but, but I always say I always look at it in, in terms of like I set myself up for disappointment. Um, but let me know what you guys think about the card, about the matchups that we're going to get and, and who you think are going to win. Uh, join the conversation in the Discord. Go to the Casual Community YouTube page. Like and subscribe to that channel. Please make sure you do that. I really, right, there's no point in you joining the Discord if you don't watch his video, Nerdy D's videos, because um, that's a lot of what we talk about in there. Um, but so subscribe to their Nerdy D show as well. Um, and uh, yeah, come and join the conversation. Thank you all for listening. Sorry for ranting on you at the, the beginning part of the of the video. And the last thing I want to say is thank you guys for one year of this podcast. It's not exactly one year yet. It, it, it'll be a year on the 3rd of July. But I want to thank you guys for one year because I won't have an episode before then. Uh, one year of this podcast, 86 episodes now. It's it's fantastic. I thank you guys for, for all of the um, support you guys have showed me throughout the time and I hope to take this thing bigger in the next year um also we're halfway through 2023 y'all that's fucking insane to me anyway y'all have a great rest of your night hope you enjoy money in the bank come back Wednesday we will review money in the bank and 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 sort of the fallout of it and what I thought of it and uh and we will see y'all then I may actually do that that review video like I normally do that might be done tomorrow um, to be honest, that might be done Saturday after the show, depending on if I want to talk about it or not. We'll see. Um, but until then, I'll see you guys on the next episode. Have a great rest of your day. Be safe. Have a great 4th of July if I don't have an episode before then. Uh, and uh, we'll see y'all next week.